So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wanted if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. And the last one, which is questionable for a name right. for a perfume, they've called it Fish. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> with a PH, presumably. A, yes, with a PH. Catch your deepest love. Who's so, going to wear fish? <laughs> Smashing Security, Episode 12. Oda Eugene Kaspersky, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 12 of Smashing Security. As usual, I'm joined by my buddy, Carole Terrier. Hello, Carole, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm gorgeous. And where are you? Oh, well, I'm somewhere a little bit unusual. Maybe it sounds a little bit different as well. I am in a country I've never been to before, the country of Kuwait. Oh. Can you believe? Where I'm talking, I've just given a talk about... Um, Attacks on industrial control systems. Yeah. Sh- I, well, I know that you're very much an expert on that. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, careful. They won't hire me again. I'll tell you what's interesting, though, is I've arrived in Kuwait during a sandstorm. It's my very first sandstorm. And it's such a bizarre experience looking up in the sky and it's yellow rather than blue. And we're having an Assange storm as well. Oh, is that a pun you've just tried? <laughs> it's a good one, right? <laughs> It's morning here, so I'm, you know, I'm full of pep. Oh, it's, it's morning where you are, but it's late night where our special guest is. We are joined all the way from Christchurch, New Zealand by Nick Fitzgerald, computer security expert. Hello, oh. Nick. Hi, guys. Hi. Oh, Nick. How are you? Oh, Carol. <laughs> I'm good. It's a great pleasure to hear your voice again. Ah. Oh. <laughs> and Graham's too, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to like this podcast. Now, Nick is a veteran of the computer security industry and has held jobs at computer security firms and used to be editor of Virus Bulletin magazine back in the day. I think that's where I probably first met you, Nick. Um, yeah, that's that right. Oh, actually, actually, the very first interaction you had with me, um, you sent me a pair of socks. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Graham. Well, you see, it, rolling out the red my- carpet. Was that in my Dr. Solomon's days? Yeah. Oh, right. And that was when I was still in Christchurch. I, sh- I should explain. So Alan Solomon, who ran Dr. Solomon's, the, the marketing team got together with him and said, we need some giveaways. We need some T-shirts. We need some. And Alan said, why don't we give away socks instead? Because his view was that people wouldn't wear T-shirts to the office, but everyone needs a nice pair of socks. Hey, Graham, they, Graham this, they, sex, this, this, is, this is supposed to be about Nick, this bit. 
<laughs> That's just, okay. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> so Nick. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sometimes we just have to. So Nick. No, Nick, that's okay. So Nick, well, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Um, have you? Can, can you tell us if you've heard it before? Oh yeah, I've listened to I've, I've listened to several of the podcasts and the and the videos before them. Yes. Yes. Oh, glutton for punishment. <laughs> you know how the, you know how this works, guys. We are all choosing a story for the week, something which has caught our attention, uh, happening in the computer security news, and we will uh, give us our views on it. So the thing which caught my attention was some interesting blog post posted by the guys at Checkpoint, who um, discovered that two companies, two separate companies, a large telecoms company and a multinational technology company, they weren't any more specific than that. They discovered that those companies had in their possession 36 infected, malware-infected Android devices. Now, you're probably thinking, big deal. You know, Android phones do get infected with malware, certainly much more than iOS devices. But what's unusual about these particular cases was the malware wasn't downloaded onto those devices as a result of the users doing something. No, the malware arrived on those Android devices when those devices actually arrived at the company. So they were pre-installed with the malware. Now, interestingly, by, the mal... The mili- yes, Crow. Sorry, by whom? So, sorry, you keep going. I, I, was, I was getting excited in the story here. Oh, okay. <laughs> steady on. Well, exactly. Well, so who did it? Now, what we have seen in the past sometimes is there have been Android phone vendors who've actually sold malware-infected phones. I remember there was a, a Chinese, um, as, as if there's anything which isn't a Chinese Android developer, but anyway, there was a Chinese smartphone on for sale up on Amazon. I'll put a mm-hmm. link in the show notes, um, which came pre-installed with malware. But in these particular cases, it looks like the ROMs themselves, the official ROM supplied by the vendor, that wasn't infected. No, someone, somewhere along the supply chain, added the malware. In some cases, they added it to the devices wrong using system privileges, meaning that it's really hard for a user to actually remove it. And so you'd have to reflash the device. Shut the front door, this happened. Is <laughs> so, that a Canadian expression? Like, give me a solid or whatever it was you used last week. So, Graham, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll introduce you to Urban Dictionary. So, Thank you. So you're saying to me that someone along the supply chain infected these phones before they were delivered to a company. Yes. And the company basically takes them out of the box, hands them over to the users. Yep. Pretty spooky, isn't it? And this sort of thing has happened before. So, for instance, it's happened with networking gear. One of the uh, revelations by the Snowden leaks a few years ago was that things like Cisco and Juniper gear um, were being tampered with en route to companies and malware was being installed in these devices. You've got to be really careful about what comes through your front door because it, it might have been tampered with at the vendor. It might have been tampered with en route to you as well. So, so they were buying these devices new. It's not that it's not that they were in the presumably considerably more risky second-hand. Oh yeah, Nick, love Nick, market. Nick. They weren't getting them off eBay. Right? These are big <laughs> companies, right? I don't know what you do. These are big companies, right? So yes, they're buying these devices brand new. And Checkpoint discovered they're hit by malware, and it wasn't something which the users put on. Well, I've worked. I've worked for some big companies that would buy them secondhand to save. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I can't help it, Nick, if the only people who employ you are cheapskates. You know, that's not my fault, right? The thing, the thing is, right, 
I don't know whether these particular companies were being specifically targeted. All Checkpoint has said they haven't named the companies who've right, suffered. Right, so it's from more this. than one. It wasn't just sent to one particular company. Right. So it appears to be a large telecoms company and a multinational technology company. That's all that Checkpoint oh, right. has said. Okay. And, and to your point, Graham, that we've seen this before with um, other Android devices and networking gear. Um, and the, as you referred to the Snowden, some of the Snowden revelations, I seem to remember um, Ross Anderson talking about some um, ATM machines being intercepted en route from the manufacturer to the it's amazing, uh, final isn't it? installation in the bank, and and the the yeah basically trojanized hardware. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember the details. I think in this case they added a card into the machine that. Um, intercepted some of the network traffic. Wow. I mean, what oh, uh, astonishing, isn't it? Because you just, I mean, it's all very well thinking about consumer items and how they may have been meddled with, but something as big as an ATM machine. I mean, it's it's audacious on the part of the computer criminals, isn't it? That they would tamper with something like that before it gets delivered. Because, of course, you just get this great big box, presuming, presuming you get a great big crate containing an ATM machine, and you put it into the hole in the wall and plug it in, and off you go. It's got a different risk-reward you know, element to it. I think what's attractive about it is the big payoff if they manage to do it. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. there's obviously huge risk involved as well. Uh, you know, getting caught ain't going to be fun. So in this particular case, Checkpoint have said, well, we're not sure whether these companies were being targeted because they looked at some of the different types of malware and there was also adware and some information stealing Trojans on here as well. Uh, one of the pieces of malware was a piece of ransomware. And it's, it, you do have to think, well, hang on a moment. If you were targeting specific companies, would you really put ransomware on? I'm, I'm not sure necessarily you would because it would be too obvious. If you were going to all of that effort with the supply chain to target a particular multinational telecoms company, for instance, wouldn't it be something more surreptitious, which could steal information or open a backdoor potentially? So it, it may be, and this is all conjecture, of course, we don't know exactly what's happened here. It may be simply have been opportunistic yeah, rather than particularly targeting these companies. I have a question. Do you happen to know how they found out that this that they were being kind of spied upon or that the ROMs had been replaced? I don't. I imagine that Checkpoint Solutions picked up something awry on the devices and then a further investigation um, uh, yeah. brought this to light. But what we'll do is we'll put in the show links. We'll put uh, a link to the report from Checkpoint so people can uh, find out more there. Perfect. Okay, well, I think it's time to thank our sponsor. And you know what that means, Krill? No. It means we have to play a little sponsor jingle. Wave <laughs> your wand right now. Yay! Yay, isn't it fantastic? Yes, we have the generous support of Recorded Future. They, of course, are the real-time threat intel firm, and they're using some pretty cool technology, let me tell you, to analyse and scour the web, not just the regular web, crawl, no, the dark web as well. And they're looking into emerging threats and they're, they're sort of taking a temperature gauge as to what's going on. Oh, that sounds yeah. kind of cool. And can you learn about this stuff? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So what you can do is you can either subscribe to their service as a company if you want to keep on top of what the latest threats are, or you can sign up for their free Cyber Daily newsletter and get the latest insights delivered into your email inbox. And to do that, all you have to do is go to recordedfuture.com slash intel. That's recordedfuture.com slash intel. Perfect. I'm going to sign up today. Yeah. And thanks to Recorded Future for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. So, Nick, 
Graham, back to you. What? What? Yeah. What? What's caught your eye this week? It's sort of inevitable, given the line of work I'm in, that um, there's been a lot of interest in in the WikiLeaks release, which yes. I know you guys talked about last week. But a development I think since you went to air last week was that um, looking looking through the actual release, uh, it's obvious that there's an enormous amount of material that WikiLeaks presumably has but hadn't released. And um, it's been clarified, I think, since the initial release of the Vault 7 hacking tools that um, a lot of the actual tools and the source code associated with them and whatever other resources resource material that WikiLeaks clearly has, WikiLeaks has um, announced that they're not actually going to release that until they've been able to coordinate with the affected vendors and the vendors have been able to reassure WikiLeaks that either they've already patched the vulnerabilities or that you know they have actually rolled out new patches. To remind everybody, yep. what WikiLeaks did was they got hold of some CIA, it appears CIA documents, right? Thousands of CIA documents, some of which contain details of what are known as zero-day vulnerabilities. These are vulnerabilities which haven't been patched by vendors, so there's no fix for them, which they claimed the CIA were exploiting in order to spy on people and steal information and so forth. And there's been some speculation that some of these zero-days may already have been fixed, which would be great news if they're, if they're old vulnerabilities which have since been patched. Maybe the information WikiLeaks has is, is out of date. But there, there was concern that WikiLeaks wasn't going to tell the vendors who are affected, which means none of us get patches, right? Yeah, but um, WikiLeaks, you know, Julian Assange um, himself, said that they're going to contact the vendors and let them know what they've got and give them access to the material pertinent to their products. And once the vendor, you know, they go through the, I, well, this is this is a little speculative, but presumably WikiLeaks will go through the normal vulnerability reporting and coordination process that any you know security researcher who might have found the same vulnerability would would go through if they were doing a resp- you know a responsible disclosure type process. There's a lot of ways this can go down though. Like we've all been involved in situations where we've worked at firms where they've had a vulnerability and we were in that kind of eye of the storm of trying to deal with it. And in some cases you will get um, people giving you a set amount of time to fix a vulnerability. And sometimes that's very complicated, very difficult to do within that specific time frame because of the complexity of the problem that's been discovered. And other times it it can go as long as is required, right? It can Mm -hmm. go for a few months. But there's pressure on both sides. Obviously, WikiLeaks wants to you know, put all of this information out as quickly as possible while it's everyone's interested. And on the other hand, they want to do it responsibly. So it's a a tough one for everyone, really. Yeah, well... um you know, Assange um, said that he would give the the affected firms adequate time. So. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. That's exactly. If I was the company receiving that, right, I'd be like, oh, God. Yeah. What's, what does that yeah, mean? What is Assange's uh, definition of adequate compared to it, other people? I mean, I mean, it could I, be 72 I, hours. It could you be. Know, yeah, I... I I'm afraid he has rather blotted his copybook in the past a little, hasn't he? He has, well, he has lost a little bit of love. This is his opportunity, I guess. This is his opportunity to show that he understands the value of responsible disclosure. And I think it would be great for all of us in the security industry to see that. So let's hope he does it promptly. Let's yep. hope he does it appropriately. Let's hope that there are no more 
disclosures of anything which uh, could potentially put people in harm's way before these patches are out there and have been issued and there's been good time for people to update. Um, assuming all that, I think we could give Assange a high five if we could reach him on his Ecuadorian embassy balcony. <laughs> well, maybe maybe a high two, a high two. <laughs> a haiku, I think. Um, <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, but, but, you know, I... <laughs> There is a lot of pressure on companies, isn't there, to respond? Yeah. Because, of course, we've had the headlines of, you know, maybe Microsoft, Google, vulnerable and so forth. And if they haven't been given the details properly yet by WikiLeaks, it's hard for them to reassure their customers if that, you know, whether there's a real problem or not. Yes. Um, and and, and the, the, the material that's already been released is, is very, there's extremely little information. But uh, from talking to some friends and colleagues, um, it would appear that, um, at least some of the vulnerabilities based on the very limited information. And we know that some of this material does date back at least to 2014, mm. if not earlier. Mm. Yeah. It, it would, it, it, at least some vendors, it would appear, are quite confident that perhaps many, one would hesitate perhaps to say most because we don't know. Yeah. We don't know when this material was taken. A lot of a lot of the commentators and analysts are saying it was m- most likely taken by a contractor, and so there's obviously a cutoff date at some point in history where anything the CIA discovered after that's not going to be in the yes. in this pile of stuff. So there will be some new stuff, but how much and how much of it is older stuff that maybe has been found through other disclosures or has been uh, just. It has been incidentally fixed due to yes. changing the architecture of how bits yes. of product works. It's 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 all a very you know, it's a very much up in the air. I, I think I, I think I heard or read somewhere that only about one percent of the files that um, WikiLeaks have have actually been released so far. Mm. So even if even if they trickle this out like on a vendor by vendor basis, you know, so let's you know, Microsoft say, you know, we fixed all these vulnerabilities and then they release all the Microsoft stuff. Do you know what it though? It will be news it will be a rolling news story for many months, if, I imagine. Only if the rest of the ninety nine percent is actually of any interest, right? Yeah. It could I, be it could be it could just be a lot of fat as well. So Every, everyone's everyone's at least a little bit interested in this because um, we've had Kellyanne Conway um, talking about how TVs can be turned into spy <laughs> spying devices, yeah. and suggesting that maybe something like that was used against the um, now president of the United States or the microwave. If he, if he was oh. eating up some pop tarts or something like that, it could have been that way as well. Do you make, do you make pop tarts in microwaves? I, I don't know. I've never, yeah. Oh, they're great! I love pop tarts. You know, you can get internet connected toasters now, don't you, Carol? I don't. I'm not interested in any internet. Not interested. <laughs> not interested. I believe the first Internet of Things device was actually someone connecting a toaster to to the network at some uh, university in. The US and every, everyone, everyone knew about the about the Coke machine that if you pinged its IP address, it would dispense a bottle of Coke. But I think that I think someone actually someone actually hooked a toaster up before that. 
But in fa- okay, but listen, you you've just joked about Kellyanne Conway, and uh, uh, to be fair, I, I to her, take her very ser- very scarily <laughs> seriously, to be honest. But 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 to be fair to her for a second, right? She's got her. She's not a computer security expert. She has got her information from the newspaper headlines and maybe from WikiLeaks press release, and that's one of the problems. If WikiLeaks keep on trickling out information about these vulnerabilities, they need to do it in a responsible way because when they did talk about the TV, for instance, uh, being hackable. They didn't make clear that it could only be done via a USB stick. It couldn't be done remotely. And some of the other vulnerabilities which they spoke about, such as, for instance, breaking WhatsApp encryption and signal encryption, were a load of old nonsense because, in fact, what they were talking about was hacking the phone individually. And then, of course, all bets are off. Yeah. So I would yeah. urge every, everyone, as we see further revelations, to maybe take it with a little pinch of salt because, dare I say it, you could be being fed fake news. Oh, more dreaded alternative facts. <laughs> but um, but there's there's other stuff coming out of WikiLeaks right now. I hear that um, Julian Assange might be releasing soon some information of CIA and NSA intercepts of Angela Merkel, the German Chancellor, which yes, could be embarrassing were, for her. There were just reports earlier today on that, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's meant to be meeting up with uh, the Donald and um, that could cause some awkwardness, couldn't it? And, of course, she has been a victim of surveillance in the past when uh, uh, Barack Obama's gang uh, allegedly spied upon her smartphone conversations. Anyway, WikiLeaks, it isn't going away, is it? And just like he's going to be staying in that Ecuadorian ambassador's residence for some time as well, I suspect. He's going to be here for a while. I wonder if they have dinner every night. Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. Um, Carol, what have you got for us? Well, this isn't the biggest story of the week, but it was just, I thought it was so sweet and clever and quirky. I thought it deserved a mention. So um, I've always liked kind of outside, you know, thinking outside the box projects, you know, the real grassroots stuff with, you know, even maybe a meager budget, but some strong ideas. And I I love all that stuff. Um, And when I saw I got one of this little UK number, I had to share it. Because okay. um, it just—it's just a reminder that in the industry we really need to get our creative juices flowing, right? So, um, so recently released at a PR event at an Ulala London Soho restaurant is the yes. brand new Kaspersky campaign. Okay, right. now the, the Russian company, antivirus company, the Russian antivirus IT right, okay. security company. Yeah. This firm has launched. Get this: threat to toilette. Poor fam and poor arm. Okay, now how can you not love that? <laughs> this isn't about threat de toilette. This isn't about the old uh, internet connected lavatories, is it, being hacked? I remember that happening a few years ago. <laughs> Your French is appalling. It's a parfum, a parfum, so they do a little perfume. La la. David M., spokesperson of Kaspersky, is on record saying fear awakens our senses. Okay, so cheesy, <laughs> but I love it. I love it. Um, so it's just clever, right? So this is an IT company. They've been around 20 plus years, probably more. Sorry, what are they doing? Sorry, it's clear to me. What are they doing? So they've hired UK beauty blogger Scarlett London. Now, she has a respectful following of about 10,000. <laughs> I and- bet that's her real name. And uh, <laughs> and they hired her to basically come out and help launch this new range of perfumes. Right. Um, there are four. One of them is called Ransom, Reassuringly Expensive. 
You see where I'm going with this? The right. next, another one is called Malware, W-E-A-R, oh The Wicked goodness. Way to Pierce the Heart. I know, not poetry here. Um, my, one, of my, my, one of my favorites, Social Ingenieur, The Lure the Men. <laughs> so a little play on words of social engineering. And the last one, which is questionable for a name right. for a perfume, they've called it Fish. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> with a PH, with presumably. A, yes, with a PH, catch your deepest love. Who's so, going to wear a fish? <laughs> <laughs> now, no one, I haven't seen anyone. I sadly did not receive one of these little <laughs> press packets. And... Thing, but they've tied with each of those um, explanations of what ransomware, malware, social engineering and phishing is. And they've given some top tips on how to stay safe online. Um, so what do you think of the idea? Do you think cute? Do you think, you know, as, as veterans, of ve- very old veterans of the industry? You- how dare you? <laughs> I'm sorry. So th- this is just to raise awareness of things, right. is exactly. it? This, 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 this kind of ties into to Graham's socks at the beginning. <laughs> It does. Yes. It's this sort of thinking outside of the square marketing thing. Yeah. I just, I think um, maybe a little bit too far outside oh, I don't, of square. You know what? But, think about it this way. They are able to reach a whole audience that are online all the time, buying online, you know, on beauty blogs and whatever. If this takes off, they'll be able to get a whole industry of people, people that are not interested normally in this, to share this information and maybe, you know, be, edu- be more educated about how to be safe online. I think there's something <laughs> quite cute there. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. I'm trying to take this seriously, right? It's and fun. I, su- I suppose... <laughs> I suppose there is a certain truth in the fact that when we talk about computer security, we're often talking to the same people who already have an interest in this. And possibly the demographic of people who are following Scarlet London on Instagram is different from the typical IT engineer. And people who are interested in parfum, is that how you say it, Carol? Um, <laughs> exactly my- that. Yeah. If, I, if I want to have the essence of Eugene about me, um, uh, then maybe, well, maybe... You know what? It's funny you've said that. Listen, listen. So there what? was a rumour going around that there was a little bit of Eugene's DNA in every sample sent out. What? Yes, though they think this was caused by a misreading of the ingredients, which included eugenol, a common phenylpropylene included in perfumes. Well, thank. Let, let's hope it is eugenol, because I'd hate to think of where they've extracted Eugene Kaspersky's DNA from oh, to put in each bottle. Oh, dear. Um, so, he's, not, he's not, I mean, in my, in my experience, he's, he's not a smelly chap. He's a nice smelling, I think. I, I'm trying to remember, actually. He, he, he hasn't stuck out to me particularly in either a positive or a negative way. I'm sort of neutral on well, Eugene's smell. Um, <laughs> what a bizarre <laughs> thing for them to do, though. I mean, but okay, but seriously, yes, maybe this is a way of reaching a different audience. Obviously, the PR people had great fun at the restaurant, and hey, we're talking about it, aren't we? And we exactly. mentioned Kaspersky's name a few times. It looks like most of the journos that attended wrote about it, and I think that means it's successful. The only thing that's a bit, you know, there's a niggle for me is I'm surprised no one at Kaspersky spotted like the potential of this being a global edu- you know, education campaign. We could have hired bloggers in the States and a few other countries and done this as a kind of international launch. Hey. And I think they would have received a much bigger return on investment. You know what? If, if this goes big, if this is successful in the UK, maybe they'll spend a bit more cash and get someone like Kim Kardashian to do it. Yes. They might do. They yes. might they might go all out on this if this yes, really I, does I, work for them. 
Well, they have hired big actors before. Didn't they hire, who was it? They hired Jackie some kind Chan. of... Jackie Chan. Was it Jackie Chan? Yes, there's a Eugene and Jackie Chan video. <laughs> yes. There's also Packing the K, which is where they did, had some kind of oh, rapper yeah. styly. I think we should actually play that out tonight at our leading <laughs> song. Don't you think? We'll have to the play that out. Packing the K. We're going right, to play that okay. out. Listen to hey, the end, everyone. Krull, they're not sponsors, you know. Oh, I don't can, care. Can, I don't you care. You don't care. It's no. such a great song, the Packing you know the K song. I, you know, I'm going to celebrate the fact that they've done it. You know, they're doing something a little bit creative. <laughs> you know, they take a punt and I like that. Oh, well, it, it's certainly unusual. Well, I think, I think that j- probably just about wraps it up, doesn't it? Um, thank you, Carol. Thank you as well, Nick, for joining us all the way from New Zealand on the podcast today. We really appreciate you being here and I hope you won't be a stranger. My pleasure. Um, and uh, the rest of you, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review. Um, you can also listen to us on Google Play Music and Stitcher and TuneIn and Overcast and other podcast apps as well. And new, I can reveal, we are now on iHeartRadio, which is available in some parts of the world at least. Um, so tune in to us there. And big thank you to Recorded Future, who helped support the show. Remember, you can sign up to their Cyber Daily newsletter at recordedfuture.com slash intel. That's recordedfuture.com slash intel. If you like the show, tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter. We are at Smash In without a G security. That's Smash In security. And until next time, toodaloo. Bye. Good evening. K is the key. Yeah, when I'm packing the K, he's my secret weapon. The best thing to have so shit don't happen. When I'm packing the K, I can have a ball. Cause he stands tall at the firewall. When I'm packing the K, I'm as happy as a clam. Cause I'm on to the teeth with anti-spam. When I'm packing the K, I can say with affection. The K-man gives me the best. Gra- <laughs> Graham, Graham, you know, I'd be happy if they just kept listening. K is the key. What, just keep, yeah. keep listening? What? Yeah. While, while we're we playing the Pack in the K music. Pack in the K, oh, Pack in the K. When I'm Pack in the K, I feel secure that adware and malware get slammed at the door. When I'm Pack in the K, the computer stalker, he flushes them out with behavior blocks. Yeah, when I'm Pack in the K, there's no escape. He blocks pop-ups and bandits like a guy with a cape. <laughs> <laughs>